so high right now. Anything's possible. Oh my mama! Oh my mama made it, ma! Anything's possible! Rain and Jay's back with the vengeance back. All the real Celtics fans in attendance. This the truth like 34. This like walking in the garden when you hear the roars. The crowd goes crazy. Most in-depth coverage on the daily. Mainly podcast royalty, the content kings. When you talking about the franchise with 17 rings. Focus like Danny at the deadline. Global with it, got a local feel like the red line, the blue line, the green line. Play it in between time. I'ma throw my C's jersey on in the meantime and press play. When the F's done, I can't wait until the next day. Trying to stay in tune with the C's, that's the best way. Melly. Hey there, welcome back to the Locked On Celtics podcast. I want to thank you for making this show part of your daily routine. Whatever it is that you're doing right now, wherever you're going, mourning the end of the Boston Celtics season, whether you're listening to the show in your headphones, watching the show on YouTube, I do appreciate you making me part of your daily routine. I am John Corrales. I cover the Boston Celtics for the Boston Sports Journal, and I am the author of the Boston Celtics All-Time All-Stars, this book that I'm holding up on the YouTube channel right now that people are buying up a lot of. I sent out, I think, five today, which is, you know, pretty nice for people just ordering off the podcast. $30 domestically. If you're international, it's a uh, it's a little extra, but hit me up, johncorrales.com. 30 bucks for a signed copy. Great gift for Father's Day, a birthday, just something you want to give a Celtics fan, johncorrales.com. Boston Celtics, game five, done. They lose 123-109, and season's over. Brooklyn wins the series 4-1, kind of what we expected. Uh, At least you didn't get swept. Not every team can say that. So, great, I guess. The, The Brooklyn Nets kind of cruised through this game. And turned it on only when they had to uh, for a flurry in the fourth quarter. Evan Fournier got a three-point play. And with about eight minutes to to go or so, it was like, hey, single digits. Felt like that game was ready to be stolen if the Celtics had any sort of firepower. Then Durant hits a three. Kyrie hits a three. Harden hits a three. Boom, boom, boom. Leads 20 points. Like, in a in an instant. Like, what? Just what just happened? You know? Let your guard down for a second, and it's just a combination. So, that's what the Brooklyn Nets are. Today's episode is brought to you by Michelob Ultra at only 2.6 carbs and 95 calories. It's only worth it if you enjoy it. You should stay tuned for the Ultra Player of the Week coming up later in this episode Gee, I wonder who that would be. So in today's show, I'll talk a little bit about the game here in the first segment. In the second segment, some of the lessons from this series, and then just a quick look ahead. What now as we navigate the offseason? Kind of weird to say that the season is over. And it's always weird to say the season is over. I I don't know. It's it's always, when it's done, you, you get so caught up, especially this season, it's been game after game after game. And, you know, maybe some of you can take a day off, you know, when it's one after another. I'm sure there are some of you who are listening now that took 
some time off in the middle of the, the worst of this Celtic season. But for me, covering the team, that is not possible. <laughs> and I was dragged along for this ride. Like it or not, I was there every game. And let me tell you, this one was tough. This was a tough season. I'll just say this up front. And I'm not saying that in an, in an insensitive way. Like, I know a lot of people have had very, very tough years. Like, my year was phenomenal. Great fireworks. Throw, throw a party. Like, celebrate how great my year was, you know, compared to a lot of other people's years. I know that. But comparing this job to what it should be and what it was this past season, just in that sense, it was... It was tough. You know, it's tough to cover a team and try to tell you what you want to know and and answer your questions by sitting here. Like I'm recording this, looking into this camera here uh, every night. And this is exactly where I sit for most, most games talking into this camera, talking to Jason Tatum and Brad Stevens. I, I want to look these people in the face and ask them the questions so we can have a conversation with one another. Hasn't been possible this year. So hopefully that changes next year. One of many things that we hope that changes. But for now, uh, the Celtics in game five, uh, after after game five sent out, there were five players. Normally there's like two, maybe three. We got five players after game five uh, as we basically started our exit interview because I don't think any of those five players are going to be sticking around for interviews uh, later this week, uh, we'll get, we might get Brad again. We might get Danny. We might get uh, a couple of these other players that didn't talk, maybe some of the rookies, but for now we got a few guys and you know, this game was, I don't know, I, I guess the most indicative game of, of the series, as far as how these two teams really match up. You know, games one and two, like game two was a mess. And game one was interesting. And, you know, game three, the Celtics out, stole that one. But this game felt like the most, um, the most honest to these teams kind of game where Brooklyn kind of did what they had to do. They didn't get a ton. Like we look at the box score, Joe Harris, 10 points, didn't do anything really. Blake Griffin was nothing. They got 10 points off the off the bench from Bruce Brown. No one else did anything. This was 34 points from James Harden, triple-double, 10 rebounds, 10 assists, 25 points from Kyrie Irving, 25 points from Kevin Durant. They did the majority of the damage. Everyone else kind of was there, chipped in a little bit here and there, but it was those guys that did everything. And they kind of cruised. This, this really could have been... A January game. There was nothing playoffs about this game at all. This was, if if you woke up out of one of those deep sleeps where you don't you don't remember where you are, and I showed you this game right away, and it said, it's January 8th, here's Celtics uh, Nets. And you'd be like, yeah, oh my God, it's January 8th? Oh, it feels a little warm for January 8th. But yeah, this game tells me It's January 8th. You're not lying to me. It's that's the type of game that this was no real intensity. The the nets didn't come out 
and lay the hammer down. The the Celtics came out and and tried. They they did their best. They got obviously they got the thirty two points from Jason Tatum, who didn't shoot particularly well, but still did a lot. Nine rebounds, five assists for Tatum. He did a little bit of everything, even though he was blanketed again. He did a little bit of everything. Fournier chipped in. 18 points for him. Not bad. 17 points for Romeo Langford. Best game that, that he's had in a long time. And then Marcus Smart had a really bad shooting night. But these guys worked. They worked hard. They fought. They, and I've said this a few times, and people are maybe sick of hearing about, about it or sick of me writing about it. But they they fought. They For all of the stuff that we've said about them all season long, they actually fought and gave us what we needed to see as far as pride and showing that they just didn't want to quit. Like, let's be honest here. We thought this team was ready to quit and roll over and die, and they didn't. And I think that does go go to show the circumstances here. But like I said before, the Celtics kind of kept it close. If they had one more guy, and maybe this is why Brooklyn felt comfortable kind of cruising, but if they had Kemba, even if they had Robert Williams, if they had something else, one more guy, if Marcus Smart had had a normal shooting night, a, a good shooting night, then the Celtics might have been able to steal this one. But once Brooklyn played, they, they played like five minutes of good basketball. Once Brooklyn did that, forget it, it was over. And they that's when they laid the hammer down. So that's the game. That's the last game of the season. Kind of fitting in a lot of ways. When I come back, I'll talk about the lessons that we learned from the series and why, looking back on it, I'm actually happy that they got Brooklyn and didn't go crazy at the end of the season and rise up and get that fourth seed. It's actually it's actually a good thing. Uh, I'll get to that in a minute, but first, this week's Michelob Ultra Player of the Week is who else? It's Jason Tatum. I mean, Jason Tatum is the reason why the Celtics even stole that one game. I mean, look at look at what he's done in the playoffs here. 32 points in this game, 40 in, in the last game, 50 in the one win. He averaged, if you throw in the play-in game where he scored 50, he averaged almost 34 points per game in the postseason. Now, that includes five playoff games and that one playoff game, play-in game. That also includes that one nine-point game where he left after 21 minutes with the with the eye poke. So Tatum, even with that nine-point game, still averaged almost 34 points per game. Tatum is a star, a superstar. This is going to be a very exciting future for the Boston Celtics. You want joy, happiness? Jason Tatum is going to provide a lot of joy and happiness for the Boston Celtics fans moving forward. This run that he had at the end of this playoffs, the end of the season, were great. Look, it's only worth it if you enjoy it, and we enjoyed a lot of Jason Tatum. You can enjoy a lot of Michelob Ultra at only 2.6 carbs and 95 calories. Joy creates success, and hey, we know it. Enjoyment isn't the end game here. It's the whole game. We're looking forward to enjoying Boston Celtics basketball moving forward after this offseason. So grab yourself a Milk Globe Ultra. Enjoy. 
host Jason Tatum, the player of the week, a very well-deserved player of the week. Up next, the lessons that we learned from this series with the Brooklyn Nets. Have you subscribed to the Locked On Celtics podcast yet? You can wherever podcasts exist, and you can follow us on Spotify. Today on the road to the finals, our coverage is brought to you by Michelob Ultra. It's only worth it if you enjoy it. 2.6 carbs, 95 calories. Grab one, grab two. Why not? We can enjoy all of these games a little bit more as the postseason rolls on. It will roll on without the Boston Celtics. But, hey, still a lot of playoff basketball to watch and enjoy. Like, if you missed the uh, Nuggets and Blazers double overtime game, that is going to be a game that you can kick back with the Michelob Ultra and enjoy. So make sure you're sticking around for the road to the finals. By the way, subscribe to the Locked On NBA podcast. I talked about that game with Jake Madison for the Wednesday show. So make sure you're subscribed there. Check it out. So the Celtics could have at the end of the season. We, we were lamenting the fact that they didn't finish strong, that they didn't beat Miami twice, that they didn't do the things they needed to do to possibly go up and claim that fourth seed. I sat here and I was saying they need to claim that fourth seed. And it's a very kind of in the moment focused on how can they be better? How can they do these things to be better? And sure, they wanted to be better because competitors, they want to win these games and, and they, they wanted to make a run in the playoffs. That, that's fine. They could have made a run in these playoffs. You look at the New York Knicks. If the Celtics had taken care of business at the end of the season and gone in and faced the New York Knicks, maybe, then look at how shook New York looks. They could have, they could have done some damage there. Maybe they would have beaten the New York Knicks. Look at Philly. Joel Embiid hurt his knee. Now, you don't root for injuries, but you always know that injuries are possible in the playoffs. Injuries happen all the time. Anthony Davis goes down. You think the Phoenix Suns are going to cry about Anthony Davis's injury? No. That happens Take advantage of it. You move on. The Brooklyn Nets surely don't care that the Celtics were without three starters in in the last two games that Jalen Brown had surgery before the the playoffs. They don't care. They'll take this five-game win and rest up and get ready to play the Milwaukee Bucks. So the Celtics would have gladly taken a shorthanded Sixers team and maybe won that and gotten to a conference finals. Very obviously they would have gotten probably crushed, but they could have gotten to another Eastern conference finals, which is would have, that would have been a hell of an accomplishment, but I don't know that that would have been best. I actually think that, look, that, that could have been a fake run in a lot of ways because, because it would have been New York and New York wasn't ready for prime time. And because it would have been another shorthanded uh, Sixers team. And in the flaws that the Celtics have were not on full display in that situation until the very end. And then th- that, that would have just been too late. At this point, get it over with. Face the Brooklyn Nets right away. Have those flaws just pointed out. And have these guys learn. And, and really, when I look at this series and why it was, it was good to get these guys this experience, even if they lost in five games like this, why is it good? Because look at what Romeo Langford and Aaron Neesmith and Peyton Pritchard had to face. Give 
you know, Evan Fournier another taste of what the expectations are in Boston. Give these guys another look at or, or give these guys an opportunity to see, hey, look, this is the, what facing the elite is. And I think that Romeo Langford, the fact that he hit some shots and, and played decent defense, it gives him a good foundation here to say there's possible, there, there are possibilities here. There are building blocks here for Romeo Langford. Giving Aaron Neesmith and Peyton Pritchard this look at, hey, wow. Like all of the regular season stuff that we went through, this this is nothing compared to what we just saw in the playoffs. That was a buzzsaw. Those guys are crazy. Those guys are are that's that's intense basketball. Having that experience now sets them up moving forward. And I think that's an important thing because the Celtics are going to need to know pretty quickly what do they have in Neesmith? What do they really have in Pritchard? Now we've seen a lot from Pritchard this season. He certainly has had a, a much better season overall than Aaron Neesmith. Aaron Neesmith came on late and has shown great development and great promise as well. Uh, those three guys, those two guys in Langford, could be huge keys moving forward. Those guys were nothing. Well, okay, Pritchard was was good for a bunch of this year. Neesmith was nothing for most of this year. He was mostly a negative. He figured it out. Good for him. That's great. Romeo Langford was obviously a nothing for most of this year because he missed most of this year after the wrist surgery and then he got COVID. Moving forward, if the Celtics can get good production out of two of those three guys, that's going to be huge. They really only need it from two of those three guys. If you get it from all three, fantastic. But you now have a situation where Langford has shown Okay, here's I, I've got to learn how to defend Kevin Durant. I've got to be, I, I know now in a series, I've been hit over the head with Durant and switching on to Harden and switching on to Kyrie. Like I now have this real intense burned into my brain kind of experience. Okay, now you've got to work on what? Lateral quickness. Now you've got to work on recognition. You've got to study a bunch of film. You've got to understand what it takes to be that next level defender. And then work on that jump shot, obviously. He's taken some with confidence. He's built that confidence. He said the other day, you know, I work too hard. I know that they're going to fall. Keep on working that hard. If Langford can step up, we don't need Romeo Langford to become a superstar. You, you just need Romeo Langford to be a good role player off the bench. Same with Aaron Neesmith. And Neesmith can be your shooter. But as long as both of those guys can can catch and shoot and defend, well, hey, now you've got, you can throw one of those guys out there, sub them in for Jason Tatum. You can throw another one out there, sub them in for Jalen Brown. You can always have one of Tatum and Brown on the floor. And if those other two guys are capable, now you have options when during the regular season, you can throw capable options in and say, all right, Jalen Brown plus the bench and that bench includes Neesmith and, and Langford, or Tatum plus the bench that includes those two guys. And you know that when you trust those guys and you give them the ball, they're going to hit a good percentage of their shots. You know that they're going to go out there and they're going to defend. If this can push that along, then it was worth the thumping. It was worth that five-game that, that five demolition. Those guys especially. That's what I'm looking at. 
the harsh lessons from these guys. And you know what? Jason Tatum can learn a really important lesson from this too. I think it's a super important lesson that you can't do it alone. And I think one of the worst parts of this season was when he did try to do it alone. And that's not to say that these individual great this individual greatness that he put on display in the playoffs is isn't something that uh, he should be trying to do. Like what I'm saying is when you have other guys that you can trust, then that's going to make you and the team better. And again, he did a lot individually, but he also passed the ball a lot. Five assists in this game, five assists in the last game, seven in game three. So yeah, he did a lot, but he also moved the ball. And if if he had <laughs> if he had better teammates, maybe that could have been like nine, nine, and thirteen assists. But knowing that he's going to be the focal point of the offense, like learning to trust his teammates more is an important lesson for Jason Tatum. It's not to say they never trusted his teammates before. It's just that he needs to trust them more. He needs to keep making that right play. And to to face that Brooklyn defense and see that it was geared 100% towards you, that is a great lesson to take with him. To say, like, I know I need help. I know if I can just have this one or two other guys that can take some of this burden off of me, what happens when you're not blanketed all the time? What happens if Jalen Brown is out there? What happens if a healthy Kemba Walker is out there? What what could he do? I mean, 50-point game, 40-point game? So I think there are lessons all the way around for these guys. I think it's good. Look, there's there's always something positive to take even out of even if they got swept this is there's always something positive to take these lessons are going to be good for them to learn i'm going to take a little look forward here uh in the next segment just just trying to set us up where do we go from here what's going to what's the next step for the celtics now that their season is officially done hey check out builtbar.com uh, on the YouTube page, uh, you can see I got this new delivery here from Built Bar. It's Grasshopper Cookie. This is like a Thin Mint. It's like a marshmallow type Thin Mint, which is really good. If it wasn't almost three in the morning, I'd eat this because I've been challenged to eat a Built Bar. People want to know that I'm actually eating these Built Bars. Yes, I eat these Built Bars. This was delicious. Uh, if you check them out at BuiltBar.com, they've got all of these delicious flavors. And they, they drop these new special editions every once in a while, like this grasshopper cookie. Like I'm just looking at the, the label here. 150 calories, 17 grams of protein, 5 grams of sugar. This is something I can throw in my gym bag. I'm trying to get back into shape. Look, it's nice weather out. I'm you know wearing more t-shirts. This is why we're all heading back into the gym in the spring. Beach weather's coming around. I don't want to look like a slob. This winter has been tough. The pandemic has been tough. I want to get back into shape. One more time, I'm getting back into shape. I'm going to throw a Built Bar into my gym bag after I'm done working out and lifting weights. That's going to get me the protein I need to build some muscle and get myself at least back into some semblance of a reminder that I used to be an athlete. <laughs> but check them out. Built Bar, you can use one for, you can have one for uh, breakfast. 
meal replacement, something on the go. It's great. If you're on a keto diet, no problem. They work. If you have a nut allergy, no problem. There are options for you. If you go to BuiltBar.com, use the promo code LOCK15, you're going to get 15% off your next order. Again, special editions drop all the time, so keep going back. They have assorted boxes. You can check them out and and pick which flavors you want. Go back. Use the promo code LOCK15. You'll get 15% off every time you go to BuiltBar.com. Bet online is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all of your sports action. No more Celtics, but plenty of NBA that you can cover. Uh, baseball, hockey, Bruins are still going if you're a Boston sports fan. Uh, hockey, all around, playoffs, and any sport you can think of. Internationally, you can all bet on it at betonline.ag. Use your laptop, use your mobile device, whichever. Check out all the sports news, sign up bonuses, and contest information. Use the promo code LOCKED ON to get a 50% welcome bonus at Bet Online. Whatever you drop in there, $100, $200, $50, is going to be your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit with that promo code LOCKED ON. Do not sit on the sidelines anymore. Now's the time to get into the game and really dive into these runs in the playoffs. Bet Online, your online sportsbook experts. Please gamble responsibly. Be sure to follow our social channels at LO Celtics on Twitter and at Locked On Celtics on Instagram. So the season is over. Good riddance in a lot of ways, I say. Um, I'm happy, like I said, to be done with Zoom calls. I'm happy to be to have my nights back. Uh, I'm happy to just be able to watch the rest of these uh, playoffs in. Ponder the future of the Boston Celtics. Danny Ainge has a lot of work ahead of him. Danny Ainge has uh, had a rough go of things over the past few years. He's tried to build a championship team. The Kyrie trade didn't work. Blew up in his face. The Gordon Hayward signing. like Gordon Hayward signing was a great signing. In the moment, he was a Western Conference All-Star at the wing in his prime. That was a good get in free agency. That fell apart with the injury. Kyrie trade was a good trade. I mean, the Isaiah Thomas, Jay Crowder. I mean, you're bringing in, you're pairing Kyrie and Gordon Hayward. Is really kind of trying to do what they were doing in Brooklyn. That didn't work. Then Kyrie left. You already had Al Horford here. He left. Then Gordon Hayward left. Then this short turnaround screwed with the entire Kemba Walker thing because Kemba Walker was supposed to come back in January, which was what was supposed to be the beginning of the regular season. We look back on the season, and there will be a much deeper dive on everything from this season. You look back on it, and and look, this is just my, I believe this 100%. They made decisions in the offseason based on well, they they set up their offseason based on the commissioner, the commissioner saying that we're probably going to start in January. MLK Day was was the likely start to the season. He was saying it. Michelle Roberts in the union was saying it. Like that was a that was supposed to be the plan, and then it pivoted quickly. And all of a sudden, the plan that would have gotten Kimball Walker here for the beginning of the season, it was a midseason thing. 
And that means all of those back-to-backs that he couldn't play, first of all, all of those games that he missed right away. And then the back-to-backs that he couldn't play were more missed games when those were going to be the first games that he missed, right? Like the seating and all of that stuff, it was all thrown off by the short turnaround. I think that's why that um, Danny signed Jeff Teague. Remember Jeff Teague? He was a Celtic. I think that's why that Jeff Teague came in because all of a sudden they needed to get through the first two months of the season and they needed a competent point guard and they thought Jeff Teague could be that. So Ainge has a lot. He made mistakes or things didn't work out for him. Whether it's his fault or not, it's kind of sucks, but those things didn't work out for him. And now he's left with a, a mess. You make these decisions, they don't work. Sometimes it's your fault, sometimes it's not, but you still have to clean up the mess. And Danny Ainge has to clean up this mess. Where do they go? They have an offseason here with $11 million plus left of the trade exception from uh, Gordon Hayward. You got to bring back, I think, Evan Fournier. What do they do with Evan Fournier? Does a team go out there and throw Evan Fournier $25 million and say, we're, look, we're we're going to try to lure him away. I don't know that Evan Fournier has done anything with the Celtics that makes him that expensive. And if some team does, then I think Danny Ainge tries to finagle a traded player exception out of that. And maybe you just see if you can bring somebody in around the trade deadline again. Go through that rigmarole again. Got to figure out what to do with Kemba Walker. Kemba Walker, after the game, was, I don't want to say forlorn, but he was clearly upset. And as I've said, and as I've written, look, it's it's kind of unfair to Kemba Walker, but again, not his fault. This is how it goes. He's he's a small point guard. His body's, his body's going to fall apart a little bit faster. He's got a couple years left on this contract. It's going to be way too expensive. And he, I think knows that. I think he understands what's happening. He's not stupid. He knows the business. He knows what's, what, what could potentially happen. And the poor guy spent two years here in Boston. He had, uh, uh, the one deep run that he made was in the bubble. So he couldn't experience a, like he got a playoff run, but he couldn't experience that in, in Boston and at the garden. That's a shame. The one game that he had where he could have experienced that was the game that he missed game four. So full house. And he's just there, just sitting there in street clothes. He can't play. So what do the Celtics do with Kemba Walker? Does it depend on Evan Fournier? Does it depend on, I think it depends on Wick Grosbeck. Look, Wick Grosbeck, as I've said, he he can make this work. He can make it work by saying, yeah, I'm going to pay a little extra tax this year. We're going to pay a little extra tax this year Let's because you can say Kemba can go, but you can also say we have a guy who could potentially score 30 points on any given night if he's healthy and – just use him in that six-man role. You start Evan Fournier, you bring him back, you use Kemba in a six-man role. Kemba could be the six-man of the year potential candidate. And you you can adjust. You can if, if the other guys that I said earlier can step into that their roles and you bring somebody in with that 11 million, maybe, maybe there's a way that Kemba could be a a, a great role player and still contribute to a winning team. But that's a decision that has to be made. What happens with Marcus Smart? 
I think, you know, there are decisions there too. There's the draft, which as I've mentioned before, do you have to give up that draft pick to give up Kemba Walker to, and, and this is where Wick Grosbeck comes into it. I don't think the Celtics really want to be giving up draft picks to just get rid of Kemba Walker. Like I, I, again, I don't want to spend Wick Grosbeck's money, but sometimes, sometimes you've got to, you got to give up a little bit to, to bridge a gap. And I think this might be an opportunity for that, uh, but they have to figure out what's what's going on with. I mean, obviously Carson Edwards is probably they'll find a, a new home for him. Obviously, the Celtics have to remake their bench. That's in 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 one decision that that Danny Ainge has to make is: Do you go three stars, or do you go the two stars and the deep bench that supports those two stars? Can you can you have the two star system? Look, Milwaukee is is kind of doing like I don't know. Chris Middleton is an all star level player. Drew Holiday is an all star level player, but they're not stars like superstars. It's Giannis and a bunch of guys that fit, and two guys that are really, really like really good at their at their jobs. But Giannis plus Middleton is that like Tatum? Tatum's not Giannis really, but he's getting close and. Jalen Brown and Middleton, like who's going to be the Drew Holiday? Can that be? Is 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 there somebody out there that can be the Drew Holiday? That's not necessarily uh, a Brooklyn level. Like if the Celtics can say Tatum and Brown are, I don't know, Kyrie and Durant, and who's their Harden? There's not going to be a James Harden out there unless they get Bradley Beal and all of that stuff. But you could go the Milwaukee route and say, hey, we've got our Jason Tatum. And Jalen Brown is like he's better than Chris Middleton, so he you you have like the two star system. Who's going to be that third guy? Can Fournier step in and be that guy? I don't think so. I think he's more of a fourth guy, but who knows? Uh, can Marcus Smart step into a role that 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 evolves a little bit? Uh, is is Kemba Walker that third guy? Is how how does this go for the Celtics? There's a lot. There's a lot to figure out, but. Danny H has a lot to figure out quickly. He's got to figure this out quickly. This is a pivotal offseason for him. This is if if he can't fix it this offseason, like I've given him the, I don't want to say the pass, but like I've, you know, I understand. There's nothing you could do about Kyrie wanting to team up with Kevin Durant and go home and play at home. Nothing you can do about that. There's nothing you could do about Al Horford getting way too much money from Philadelphia. That didn't work out for Philadelphia. That was a bad decision from Philadelphia. They paid to move his contract. Like, they had to remake their team after that. They they did, good for them, but that was clearly a bad decision by Philly. Nothing Danny Ainge could do about that. The Gordon Hayward stuff, I think that caught them, I don't want to say by surprise, they, they had to prepare for that possibility, but I, I don't think that they expected him to go either. So not much you can do about that. You can say he should have read the room a little bit more, maybe, but okay, fine. I, I, that, that, on that point, I can, we can debate, and I can, I can see that point. Again, short turnaround, I don't think he had the time to fully get what he could have gotten for Gordon Hayward, but, you know, again, that's, even though it's not his fault, you know, you still got to clean up that mess. If he can't, if he can't, then I don't know. 
then yes, you have to start looking at what's Danny Ainge's future. And I'm sure a lot of you are sitting there saying like, hey, do it now. Do it now. Why have him clean up his own mess? Have somebody come in and clean up his own mess. I want to give Danny Ainge, like he's done it before. I think he has a good vision. Like I, I do think that he has had a plan. It just needs, one of these plans needs to work. So, I mean, unless Masai Ujiri is, is free and available to Boston, and then you have to say, oh, well, we got to make a decision there because Masai is, I think, a, a, I mean, he's probably the best in the league right now. Maybe, but I, I don't know. We'll see if, I don't think he's available. I don't think he's available to Boston. But a lot, a lot to clean up here for Danny Ainge. A lot to talk about, man. This is, this is going to be a wild offseason. I'm going to spend, this is the Wednesday show. I'm going to spend Thursday and Friday really trying to hammer home, like figure out where we're going, what's happening here. I'll bring in a guest. I'll, I'll just really try to set up this offseason. And then next week, maybe we'll go into individual players and, and talk about the season that they've had and where he can go and, and what's next for these particular players. So still going Monday through Friday. So make sure you're subscribed and wherever you get your podcast, make sure that you're tuning into the YouTube. YouTube is a great way for you to pop it, you know, on a, a tab in the background. If you're at work, you can listen to it at work. You can't be playing around on your phone, pop on the YouTube page, put it in the background tab, put a, a, a headpiece in a little earbud, a little earbud in and listen to the podcast that way. Or if you're at home, stream it to your TV. You can watch me on your TV. Why not? Fun. Hey, also check out the Locked On Today podcast. LeBron James was not enough for the Los Angeles Lakers. They got smoked by the Phoenix Suns in game five. They're down 3-2, a game away from elimination. Are they done? That's going to be discussed on the Locked On Today podcast. So make sure you're getting more of the sports news you need in less time with Locked On Today. Follow the Locked On Today podcast on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcast. Talk to you next time here on the Locked On Celtics podcast. We're part of the Locked On Podcast Network.